1: Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian.
0: This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio, presented by your neighborhood Ford store the F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers.
2: Got to compliment the Miami Dolphins, man. They made the necessary plays to secure victory, man. And really, we didn't. And and oftentimes, particularly when when it's a defensive battle, the way that game uh, developed into, man, it's about, you know, who catches their interception opportunities and who doesn't. Um, And and that's just kind of the lens in which I see it. You know, the Dolphins caught theirs, um, and we didn't catch ours. And that's probably the difference in the game. And sometimes when it's a one-score game and it's back and forth like that and the defenses are controlling it, defensive splash is ultimately the deciding factor.
3: Yeah, well, catching yours or them catching theirs wasn't just only – Relegated to the Pittsburgh Steelers playing the Miami Dolphins down there in South Florida, right? Because just straight across the, stra- uh, the the state there, Max, they just finished with the Great Burmese Python Roundup in the Florida Evergra- Everglades there.
2: Oh, my gosh. Yes, that, that, <laughs> that is a thing, Wolf. And the fact that you actually referenced that obscure event Yes. oh my gosh it is tremendous wolf you you are definitely watching your nature shows i see we've i see in the thirst for oak island we're we've we've turned to animal planet
3: well that's there you go my friend look
2: Nearly 1,000
3: dudes from 32 states, Canada, and Latvia. Not just, I mean, who in Latvia says, I think it's a good idea to go over and wrestle some Burmese pythons in the Florida Ever- Everglades as part of my, I don't know, on
2: holiday? What?
3: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Latvia?
2: Well, I mean, it, it might be the national sport of Latvia, you know, python wrestling. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. And they might be low on their allotment of Burmese python. So, you know, it's a landlocked area. I don't really know that much about it outside of Dr. Doom, you know, used to live there. Yeah. Um. You know, but uh, but yeah, sure. Yeah. Wait a minute.
3: Canadians. All right. Well, hey, take off. Hey, eh? hey, hoser. Let's go get us a Burmese python.
2: <laughs> hey, hey, what are you about to do? <laughs> <laughs> wanna go wanna go wrestle some Pythons, eh? <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
3: I'm sitting here thinking to myself, you got to be kidding me. A thousand people descend on the Florida Everglades to wrestle Pythons. They removed 231 invasive bi- Burmese Pythons during the 10-day competition. And Matthew Concepcion removed twenty-eight of those Burmese pythons all by himself, winning the ten-thousand-dollar ultimate grand prize.
2: Listen, I, I appreciate him. I tell you that much. I appreciate because not I. No. said the Max. I am not. I am not going in there looking for snakes. Well, I'm trying. I'm trying to mind my own business because if I mind mine, <laughs> so shall the snake. The snake will mind theirs. I'm just. I'm picturing this guy. Twenty-eight of them. I mean,
3: come on. 20, Twenty-eight pythons. I. You know, these aren't Hulk you know? Hogan pythons. These are the kind that wrap themselves around deer and eat the whole deer. You know, this is a. I, yeah. did, did you ever see a picture of a python that? Got into it, ate a crock, and the the, the, the python died because it kind of blew up in the stomach of the python. It's kind of a bad picture this morning.
2: But let's Uh, get it. That's bad indigestion right there. (laughs) Boy, that's bad indigestion. But since since you did bring up Hulk Hogan, I have to ask, how do you think Jake the Snake Roberts feels? Oh, my goodness, yeah. Think about Jake. I'm sure he is a snake lover. I'm sure he does not want to hear about 28- of the pythons, you know, because he used to keep his in a little bag in the Absolutely, corner
3: of the ring. throw it out in the ring yeah. there.
2: Yeah, exactly. It would scare people. I'm like, you know, it's like a constrictor, right? It's not a <laughs> venomous one, like the <laughs> teeth and stuff. But okay.
3: Well, they got sure, nasty play, tooth. Play it up. They got the nasty tooth in there where they you know they can suck in the prey. You know, because it all goes one oh, way.
2: You know that is true. Yeah, yeah. That, that tooth that kind of curls it in. Yeah. It's so, so, It's 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 almost it's almost it's the shoveling action on the fork that we use. You know, you (laughs) kind of a little lift up. If you've gotten underneath it, you went with the scoop technique as opposed to the stab. You know, right, right. Okay.
3: Now I'm just wondering if if any of the pythons have a I don't know problem with a a chicken wing and they lose a tooth there.
2: <laughs> hey, you could probably school the python then. Yeah, I have to give him a little couple of pointers.
3: Now, when exactly. in the, the $1,500 grand prize for the longest python was a guy named Dustin Crumb. He got one that was just a hair over 11 feet, about 11 feet, two and a quarter inches, or thereabouts.
2: See, and I, I mean, and, and let, let's be real, this is a real problem. Yes, it and is. So, I'm happy that they're making sport of it to get people enticed right and like you said to have all those people coming down and to realize that you have to keep the ecosystem in balance especially in the state of Florida and people with all these pet snakes just dumping them in the Everglades and then they procreate then they then they suck off all the they choke off all the resources right in that area so you know, I don't I don't I don't want pythons killing my gators you know <laughs> I you know I, I'm I simply try to picture
3: these guys going out there tracking down these pythons and then you know jumping on them and wrestling them in water and stuff like that it just seems to me that uh that was not made for me or you to do you know I I, I definitely believe that uh, you and I we would be out of our element I like your idea of Leave the Pythons alone, and they will leave you alone.
2: You know, exactly. I mean, and that's why I think, you know, you had to bring in guys from, like, La- Latvia. <laughs> like, those are our ringers. The Latvia boys are our ringers. <laughs> hey, Max and Wolf can't be there bringing, bringing the Latvians, okay? And <laughs> are in the bullpen. Go ahead. Bring them on out. <laughs>
3: the closers. We invited Max
2: and Wolf. They declined. They, they declined. They went for key lime pie. They went for the key lime pie. Now they're unconscious, and we have two slots to fill.
3: <laughs> oh yeah, no, okay, I'm gonna leave that one alone now because yeah. well, I will say this: the one guy that I saw who enjoyed it was Brett Kiesel one time. All right, now you played with Keys, you know he's a mountain man, one of them dudes, right? And we're at the we were at the zoo doing a thing for the Steelers a few years ago and it, 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 they took us back. We had lunch, and they brought out some critters for, like, a little Showtime stuff, and Kiesel got his picture taken with this big old python on his shoulders, and I declined. I said, no, I don't want to do that. And then Kiesel, of course, started to, you know, challenge my manhood. I'm at that point where it doesn't matter. I'm 64. What's the point of it now? You know what I mean? Yeah. When you're 24, 34, that sort of thing, Sure. But then, you know, when you get to be 64, so what?
2: <laughs> it's like, Give me your best shot. Come on. <laughs> Is that the on. best you got there, Keys? <laughs> exactly.
3: But he was having like, fun. Oh. He was yeah, hanging on to that it, thing. He's got it over his shoulders and everything else. And I'm like going, oh, He, oh, man. he was posing. Yeah, he yeah, was. He
2: was Like Hulk Hogan with the boa on, you know? It just <laughs> does something for him.
3: Jesse the body Ventura with the boa. That's who the guy oh, was. Yeah. yeah
2: he had it. Okay. Yeah, he well, well no, uh Hulk, Hulk eventually took it when he went over to NWO and WCW. Oh, did he did he take that with him? That, yeah, he he went he went with the boa and he would have the boa on and stuff. So, that's what I was channeling, but this is a generational thing. I apologize. Okay.
3: Uh, well, I you know, I I knew Jesse the Body. He was the uh color the radio color guy up in Minnesota my last 2 years. Believe it or not. Yeah, no. He yeah, no, color I, no I
2: believe it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I, 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 I remember hearing some, uh, so, you know, like some game calls by him, and he was phenomenal as far as his color and everything else. He yeah, was he just, was a little bit out he, there. He, he was out there, man. He was out there. Not quite Harry Carey, but uh, but he was he, he was he was close.
3: <laughs> I remember on the way we were, we were taking the bus from the airport to the hotel in New Orleans, right. So he's sitting there, and I forgot who the play-by-play man was, but he 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 takes his he takes his uh, credit card out and he gives it to the play-by-play man. He says, "Listen, hang on to this." He says, "I'm going out with some of my boys from the Navy, the SEAL teams that he was on, you know, because he was a Navy yeah. SEAL." He goes, "I'm not sure it's all going to go well tonight." <laughs> he says, "Just in case you got to bail me out of jail."
2: <laughs> yeah. That bail me out of jail, or if, or if, or if I have emergency dental surgery yeah, for some reason. There you go. <laughs> he, he was hilarious. Be on standby. Oh man! Oh, before
3: God. he went, he, before he went full conspiracist, um, he was he was a lot of fun. <laughs> he was oh, he was, I, oh, oh I, I can guy. imagine. Oh yeah, yeah. I can imagine. Well, you know who my yeah. high school teammate was, don't you? Larry, the, oh yeah, I do. Larry Let everybody Fole. else know. Yeah, Larry Fole, who was Lex Luger. Back in the day, yes, yes, indeed, That's right. and all.
2: And uh, let's see,
3: there's a couple other guys. Anyhow, I guess I'm getting too uh, distracted here. Re- hey, uh, I yes.
2: I also had a wrestling teammate oh, yeah? slash buddy in college. Who's That's that? Right. Titus O'Neil, aka Thad Bullard. Okay, uh, was uh what was, was well, it, I'm sorry, his real name's Thad Bullard, but his name was Titus O'Neil in WWE. Okay, so. Yeah, Ty, Titus is now he he now does a lot of ambassador work for him, but yeah, Titus was long time in the WWE vet, um, one of one of my best friends and mentors. So did I had you to throw that out that I had I had I have I, ha, I have a connection as well. Very good. Did you ever know Ron Simmons?
3: He was a he was no. a nose tackle played for Cleveland, went on to pro. But he I thought he was from the University of Florida. You never come across that guy.
2: I don't think I ever came across a Ron Simmons.
3: Okay, all right, I'll have to recheck oh. that. It was, it yeah. was it was. He was. He went on. Whoever it was was he was a nose tackle. I thought he was from the University of Florida. He went on to uh, you know wrestling, uh, pro wrestling uh, career after a couple years in the NFL.
2: The reason I brought no, him up was he, he went. He he went. He went to Florida State. Oh, was he University. an FSU guy? Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah, no, we don't. I don't associate with those likes. <laughs> well, you, you'd, be, yeah.
3: you'd laugh at this one because that's the guy when, when Tunchil Hetty, he, he, he was diagnosed with projectile vomititis in his second year in the league. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, Chalucha, Chalucha had a nervous stomach early on. You know, he got cut his rookie year. They brought him back, and then the next year he was convinced that they were just going to cut him. And, he, had, you know, we're, we're in the oh, middle yeah. of training camp. He had this – he'd get an nasty stomach type of thing going on. You know what I mean? And and then all of a sudden, when he started gurgling, you know, you'd hear this, like this, and then you knew, get away from him, because he's about to fire hose breakfast, okay? I mean, you know, that's, yeah, it was bad, and it wasn't like a little man. This thing, like I said, was high-quality fire hose. I mean, it it just, wow, it was out. So we played in Cleveland, Max, and (laughs) Tunch was in for Mike Webster, and I was in for Sam Davis in in the second. So somewhere on a drive, we had a 33 trap, which was against a 3-4. You know, you got a nose tackle right on the center, which was Tunch. He's in playing center. I'm at left guard right next to him. And just (laughs) the snap of the ball, he he fire-hosed one right into this guy's face. (laughs) And, and the guy screamed stood up we double teamed him off the ball it happened right at the snap you know it was perfect timing and, and we double teamed about 10 yards off the ball because he's like trying to wipe his face off
2: i can't believe that 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 is dirty that's dirty it, it, was, it was but it wasn't it, it just happened you know. Yo, it just just happened. My forearm found like his chin as soon as he pulled his shirt down from wiping his face.
3: (laughs) It was—I tell you what—it was—it was was the best double team in the history of the NFL. So, oh my God. I can't you. <laughs> okay, I got to pull it back in here. The second, we, do. We do. we <laughs> the... do, we do, but you know what? The second one I wanted to throw at you because you got some drama occurring near you about a hundred miles west of Flagstaff. Are you aware of the uh, Grand Canyon caverns?
2: Uh, I know what they are. Okay. I've never been to them.
3: All right. The, the one that has a hotel and restaurant, 200. Feet down in the in the caverns of the Grand Canyon. Yeah, yep. Okay. Well, you've got a bunch of senior citizens or medically challenged people who are down there. They're 20 floors down. You ride an elevator down. You're in a hotel that's 200 feet below ground, right, or below the surface of whatever the cave you in the caverns. So you got a hotel and you got uh, you know you're staying in it and it's also a restaurant. Um, but they, the elevator is broken, so they've been trapped down there because there are stairs. There's 20 flights of stairs, if, but these, these folks are kind of, you know, medically challenged, have some issues. So been, they've been staying down there since Sunday. And I don't know, if, you know, at what point if the, the rescue. they're talking about bringing a hoist out. Now I got to ask you, would you be hanging out in a hotel, you know, 20 floors down? Because to me it doesn't sound all that good. You know, just in case somehow something cuts loose and bam You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, I'm just glad we don't have, like, big tremors around the Grand Canyon because that <laughs> would be even worse. Right, uh, yes. Yeah, if, if, if I'm going 20 stories below, that means I've made some bad decisions up top <laughs> on ground level. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Just gonna, just gonna put it out there. <laughs> <laughs> just put it out. Throw it out there.
3: You know what I mean? Throw it out there.
2: Throw it out there. Yeah. There's certain things that I'm just, I'm not. Yeah. No. Potentially going 20 stories down into the ground for a hotel room. I'm not that desperate. You know, not if you desperate.
3: Google the Grand Canyon caverns and the restaurant and hotel there, you'll see these pictures. Like, it's like a room with no walls, just sitting in a cave. You know, you got couches, you got bookshelves, a little living room area. You know, you got a room. Uh, I don't know if it's often another part of the cavern, but it's kind of weird looking. You know, I, it's not like you're, you, you don't see the cave around you. It's not like there's not a hotel with walls, that, you know, with the cave around the outside. There's no walls, and it's just the cavern. <laughs> I don't know. It, I, it's, it's one of those things I, I, I go, really? Who, who thought this was a good idea? And why would you do that at, you know, 20, 20 floors down? Okay, I've stunned you. We, I guess, have, Max, are you there? <laughs> I think we lost Max for a moment. So what we're, okay, we're just going to, we're going to go to break, and we'll come back. I'm going to tell you why I am enthused about Kenny Pickett. No, I'm not losing my mind. And you know what? There's some things that you think about. We're going to break it down for you when we come back. SNR.
0: This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers.
1: He's back. Big rush. Throws it down the left sideline. A receiver's down. It's intercepted. And that is the intended receiver, Chase Claypool, but Justin Bethel intercepted that pass over the shoulder, and I guess Kellypool just fell down.
3: Well, indeed. There was, and of course, that is Billy Hillgrove, the great Billy Hillgrove, just uh, tickling the ivory there with that great voice of his. You know, he, he's calling out what actually happened, you know, and there's a lot of people now you're getting a little bit crazy about, well, Kenny did this or shouldn't have done that, and you know this and that look you take a look at these interceptions number one look you decide making the move to kenny stick with the move to kenny i mean this is his time his his his, his team to get going on and i think you just ride it out because this young man in my mind and i'm going to tell you a little bit later why i think there's reasons to see improvement in him but one of the things i want to do is take a look at the interceptions i mean great googly moogly. How are you going to learn unless you make mistakes and you learn from those mistakes and that's what happens. And that's what you got to do. And so one of the things I look at is Kenny Pickett. He's out there He's got uh, Chase Claypool in the in the in the slot. He beats the pants off of Justin Bethel to the outside, and then as Justin Bethel as Chase Claypool is going up the seam route, Justin Bethel reaches out, grabs the waist with what they call a seat belt, where they wrap around the waist and they use that to slingshot around the guy and retain his outside leverage because he got beat to the outside, and so he, he he slingshots around. In doing so, he clips the feet heels or legs of Chase Claypool, I don't know which, and trips him. And then Kenny, on a timing route, is already letting the ball go. He's expecting his receiver to be in the position where he should have been had not Justin Bethel seat-belted him and tripped him using that, that uh, you know, the uh, leverage move around his waist, you know, regaining that, that position. And so when I sit there and, and people are criticizing that, you know, there, there's a timing to a quarterback and his receiver. And Max, are you back, bud?
2: I am here. Okay. Uh, I I have efforted and I am reconnected. So apparently, out in my and this area where I live, um, the uh, local service provider of internet and television has decided they wanted to run a scheduled maintenance. <laughs> at, 7.20 in the morning and did not give us any notification. And so, yeah, so now I am back, but I have no internet. Um, so thank you for cellular data plans.
3: Well, we're going to use all your data. <laughs> but, yeah. Max, you remember that moment, all right, with Justin yes. Bethel slingshotting himself around. He trips Jay's exactly. clay pool. He goes down. Now, that's the timing route. Everybody knows you got to let that ball go, expecting having confidence, believing in your receiver to be at the other end of that ball when it comes down. And when you got a guy that that, in my mind, you know, created a pass interference, obviously, uh, yeah. you know, it wasn't just in 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 uh, you know incidental. I mean, this was legitimate pass interference in my mind, and you can't you can't blame Kenny for that move. You, you know, you just can't. Yeah.
2: No, that one's not on Kenny. That one, you know, I mean, if you could call a ref-aided interception. Yeah. If that if that is a phrasing, I feel like that's what it is. Like, the fact the ref did not see it, and especially when you're the deep judge, you know, you should notice the guys on the deeper routes. And yep. then hopefully a side, well, I mean, a side judge could probably see from behind angle as he's tracking the ball, but probably did not see the action that led to um, Bethel being wide open for the interception, um, it, you know, it, it is frustrating and you wish that was a reviewable play in that moment, just because that play looked to be right on target. And, you know, I thought that would have been a big play for chase because he was, he was working him and had the inside leverage. And then, like you said, the guy grabbing him by the, you know, having him by the waist, which that's contact over five yards downfield illegal legal contact at least, Um, At the very least, but for us to that be a no call, and then of course being returned for some yardage. um, Yeah, that's frustrating very frustrating.
3: It was ginormous. And a seatbelt, everybody knows, you know, that defensively speaking, it's like for us, offensive linemen, you get caught for holding every now and then. Okay, so these things do happen, right? And it's kind of the cost of doing business from time to time when you get yourself in a bad position. For this guy, you know, uh, Justin Bethel, the seatbelt with the slingshot around, that's a typical move just like an offensive lineman would have. Matter of fact, offensive linemen use it on the backside nowadays, don't you? I mean, that's more of a modern technique where they would – you grab around the waist of the guy and, and pull him and, you would know, pull him back as you slingshot yourself around him trying to cut him off. Is Am I correct in that?
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Call it a circle block.
3: Yeah, um, a
2: circle. Yeah. Circle back block. <laughs> yeah, cir- Yeah, it is a circle back block essentially. But, yeah, it's one where you're kind of – you're taking a hind, but you're grabbing the hip and pulling that hip as, as you try and, cur- cur- you know, Curl around him, right? To then get back and have the cut the backside cutoff off leverage, um, but, exactly. But, but it just it takes so much more time, right? But but yeah, but guys, guys have mastered. I mean, Kevin Mawai was the master of that at the center <laughs> position.
0: <laughs> yeah, the
2: absolute master. Him and Olin Krutz um, were probably two of the best all time on how on how to do that kind of kind of hook, hook and swoop type of technique, but. You're right it is a commonplace practice for for uh, for um, defensive backs usually you see it more so on crossing routes yes but then then than like a straight up streak route yeah just because it is a lot more obvious in more in more situations than not <laughs> when they're on a straight route versus one going across the middle you have a lot of cross motion action levels that the referee has to see to get to that call and even the umpire. Um, you've got levels because everything's convoluted in the middle, not on a wide open one. And, and they're running brackets on him. I'm like, you've got it. Because there was two guys on him, safety coming over right late. I mean, that should have been an easy call, but it apparently turned into no call.
3: Right, exactly so. All right, so let's take the second interception, right? That's in uh, yeah. the second half in the fourth quarter. That's a third and 16 from the Miami 30. Now, remember, you just had a couple penalties. You had the, yeah. uh, you know, uh, the moving violation, right? You had the holding call. And now you, you're sitting there at the 30-yard line, and you think about it, at this point in time, you got a third and 16. So it probably says to you that, you know, and this is, again, a learning experience, but it says to you, and the score is 16-10, you want to guard the field goal position. at at this, right? I mean, that's what you want to do is make sure that you're still within the Boz's range and so forth. But at the same time, think about what he just experienced a week before in Tampa, right? What'd he do? He had a couple of third and fifteenths, and he jammed them into Chase Claypool and somebody else. He made some big plays there, did he not?
2: Well, he most definitely made some big plays, like you said. I mean, leading up to where he had that in Tampa Bay and I mean, and then of course, this game, you think about what they overcame outside of the penalties in the drive, but right. throughout the game, a lot of big plays where it needed to happen. He made them happen. I mean, think about George Pickens, right? A, a number of plays. Absolutely. And, we'll get to that. Think about yeah. this. What I'm, what, but, I'm, but what I'm saying, yeah. So there, there were explosive plays throughout the game. So it didn't feel that crazy of a throw when he made it.
3: No. No, exactly. But here's the thing: he had success the week before. He depended on his receivers. Happened to be Chase Claypool rather than Deontay, but he believed in his receivers to be able to make the play, keep their feet, you know, at the sticks. But you know, you do have what what the defense would would refer to as a picket fence along the first the, the line to gain, right? The yard marker to gain. Yes. You're back yep. there, and the whole thing is to sit back there and guard that line. It's a third and sixteen. But again,
2: fence coverage. What's that? Fence coverage.
3: Yes, f- fence coverage. I just, I thought it was very, I thought it was very uh, unique on my part to call it a picket fence. You know what I mean? Just yeah, Kenny Pickett. Yeah, picket. yeah. You don't know, well, see where uh, I'm picket,
2: going with this? No, I mean, it, it's it was Pickett's defense. <laughs> it's it's low hanging fruit, Max, and you know Once I do low hanging fruit. Let, let, I know, and I, I'm going to follow you right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Defense along the first, 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 uh, first down marker.
3: There you go, my friend. So what happens? You got Javon Holland. He jumps the the, the catch, and he. You know, he's guarding the stick, and it's a learning experience. He's trying to come back. He he had experienced it the week before; it was successful. He believes in himself. He's not afraid to go out there and try the same thing. And unfortunately, this time it backfired. Now you got to keep in mind. That the down and distance probably was something that should have been a little bit bigger in his mind. Check it down, you know, get it, get five, eight, 10 yards, something like that, so that you got a, a chance at a field goal. But again, it's still with like th- only 340 something left. So in his mind, it might be, you know what, we might have, this might be the time we got to get the touchdown. You know what I'm saying? So there's there's some mitigating circumstances in this whole thing as he's going about with a judgment call while well, you got heat in the kitchen and people chasing you. You gotta make a decision. You know what I mean? And then we go to we go to interception number three, that you know, with Iggy in the corner of the end zone and Deontay. And and Deontay thinks that oh he's gonna lead me vertical. Iggy thinks or I mean, uh and, and Kenny th- Kenny thinks, oh, he's gonna come back to the flag. You know, to the yeah. you know, back to the corner of the end zone. So you got a, you got there a miscommunication between the two. Now you know what that you know that's a learning experience, is it not, Max?
2: It's a big learning experience. You know the, the sucky part about it is, you know that was a tremendous drive up to that point, right? It was yes. no timeouts left. You're working with what about a buck twenty, I think, um, on the clock, and you're converting. You are getting the ball, matriculating the ball down the field efficiently. You're like, boom, hit, boom, hit. Let's keep it going. All right, boom, boom, boom. Big third down catch, um, and we spike it just to get the play out the way so people can't review it. I mean, it it was one of those things you look at the progression, and you're like, oh, my gosh, they're about to pull it off. And then you have that rollout to the left by Kenny, Man, he was wide open. He was wide open, and to to run it, right? And at least you know you're in four down territory. At least get about ten of what was it, sixteen? I want to say it was a third and sixteen on that one as well, too. Um, just get ten of those yards back, make it make it a fourth and six, fourth and five. You know, maybe maybe you go forward, you get a little crazy, but you knew you were in four down territory, and I know you wanted to throw it vertical, but it was double coverage on that on that thin space of, of, of the end zone so you so you got to put the ball in a place that you think only deontay can get it or it's going out of bounds right and you have been going at iggy the whole night right that was that that he was he was the fish of the secondary
3: yep yep he
2: he got he got picked on a number of times got some penalties as well in the process by playing and holding on to guys but I was just like, man, that throw and then him getting the full vindication of a bad coverage night just absolutely shifted in his favor. You know what?
3: It's As is, is my old teammate Ray Penny used to say, those guys are on scholarship too. You know, there's a reason yep. they're there. And he sh- Iggy showed it at that point in time. That was a tremendous interception on a misplay by him, and especially to keep his feet inbounds, that sort of thing. But again, that's another learning experience, but that's Kenny. Kenny that was a ten play drive and in under two uh what two third two and a half minutes. And he ran the two, two minute two offense. And a half. Yeah, it's two it was, and a
2: half I, Oh, I was thinking it was a minute twenty left of clock. Okay, so it was at two twenty mark. Okay, my fault.
3: He had it yeah, two took,
2: took a minute away.
3: Yeah. Regardless. The point that I'm trying to make here is these these are learning. Uh, situational learning uh, instances for Kenny. He's going to learn off of these. You know, I was impressed with the way he ran that two-minute offense. Got everybody to the line of scrimmage. Killed the clock when he needed to kill the clock. You know, was able to complete plays. You forget, just like you said, that's a ten-play drive. You know, and you, it, it yeah. did a good job right up till the last minute when he, you know, he made the, he made the mistake of probably throwing the ball at all regardless when he could have just run it, you know, so forth. But the fact is, that's a learning experience. He's going to grow from that. I'm not overly, you know, in angst over the thing. I think all three situations, one, there's nothing he could have done about it. The other two, one was a positive experience the week before, and he comes back to that well and tries again and again you, you know you got it's situational and then this one like you said you know he's looking at coverage such as it was there's a miscommunication between him and Deontay and he went one way Deontay went the other and so you, you learn from these
2: yeah I mean once again you know I said this on social media I said this is what growing pains look like right right Th- this is what you have to experience, and this is what most people experience. Now, we didn't experience as much of it with Ben because of the supporting pieces we had around him, right? You have a top-five defense, and you have a heck of a running game, and you got a better offensive line in front of you. So Ben kind of staved off that curve um, in a lot of intensive purposes, but this is what it looks like for a lot of teams. And, you know, it, it takes time. It, it's not going to be a quick fix, you're gonna have your ups and your downs and and we, we're definitely experiencing the trough right now. for as good as it was a week ago, right? There's right. still a learning opportunity thats that, that, that we're witnessing live and it can only be and it can only be done live. Right. You, know, you can't simulate a game in practice no matter how hard you try um, because that, and there's a reason why these games are once a week. You know, (laughs) it is because you have to be able to go through these experiences. You you know, you hoped it would have been nicer to have taught off of two interceptions after a victory instead of three interceptions after a loss. But it's still all requisite and required about the process.
3: All right. Well, you know what? Why don't we go to break Uh, when we come back? I, you know, Max, um, I don't know, because this this break in the uh, Internet thing for you just created a little. Yeah. This uh, Do you have the stuff for the exit here?
2: Uh, yes, I, I, I do have those from memory by now. <laughs> okay, so, so go right ahead, yeah, my friend. Yeah, so I, I, I do want to point out to the fact that, uh, you know, you're listening here to us live on the radio, but we're also available out there in the podcast world. You can find us on the Steelers mobile app. You can find us on the iHeartRadio app and wherever else you may get podcasts. And it's not only us, Wolf. You're not just going in the locker room with Wolf and Starks, but you can also go see The Blitz, Wes and Motes, The Standard with Tom and Jacob. The Godfather has a new podcast lineup as well that drops every Tuesday and Thursday. And of course, we always got to pitch to Johnny on Tuesdays. <laughs> and we know what that Johnny. means. The owners- you can't We're pitching to you, Johnny Viper Venaro, a.k.a. Wesley Euler, for the Steelers Weekend Review. It drops today. It's going to give you a, a look back on the previous game, which, of course, is the Dolphins game, which we're talking about, but also give you a preview ahead to the Philadelphia Eagles for the Steelers. And that's every Tuesday, Steelers Weekend Review, with Wesley Viper Venaro. That's right. <laughs> I'm calling him Viper because that's his nickname in Little Giants. And we're going to step aside, and when we come back, we're going to continue to bring you in the locker room. We'll here on SNR and ESPN Radio.
0: is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers.
1: Here's the snap. Pick it back. Throws it down the field wide open. And it's pulled in by George Pickens. Pick it to Pickens. Outside the 40 and outside the 45 near midfield. How about that play? Gets the shotgun snap. Flop for Pickens. Touchdown, Pittsburgh! it to Pickens from seven yards out, and he beat
3: Iggy on the play. And indeed, that was George Pickens, and he had a a terrific game. Uh, Six for six in the targets and the catches, and he got a touchdown. And this is, Max, this is why I'm I'm really kind of up on Kenny, because I see growth in the important spots. I mean, number one is you got a situation where you got you got um, uh, Pickens going down the sideline at the snap. They rotate from a, what I thought was a man coverage look into a zone coverage. You, they had a safety come underneath. Picket, I'm sorry, Pickens going along the sidelines and Pickens slowed down enough, to give a soft spot in the zone coverage with a safety over the top, or I'm sorry, defensive back over the top, and you got a spot there where he was able to pull in a 30 yarder. Kenny hit him beautifully. And I thought that was like good mental telepathy between the two. You know, they understood each other. There, there's some growth there. The, it was it was terrific. And then the second one was the touchdown where you got great pro placement of the ball for, for by Kenny to George Pickens in the corner of the end zone. He high points it, does a triple Lindy with a half twist to do it, one of those – spectacular catches by the Pickens, right and but again to me those are two plays which signify and show kenny's talent he's getting better and he's making the proper choices and the the, the placement of the ball was outstanding as was
2: the timing it was uh pretty pretty awesome with the timing uh, but like you said kenny buying time keeping his eyes downfield looking at what the defense was presenting him with that zone, right? With the motion kind of showed off what it was. And then just heads up play by George Pickens to then run it, knowing that DB's on your back, kind of slow it to give Kenny that extra window so that he can throw it a little bit out and lead the receiver and great body control by George Pickens, right? In the end to take the ball to the ground as he was leaping sideways to get that catch. So you see the beauty and what Kenny Pickett can do is just you also got to see the ugly with it too, right? Absolutely. And and, and that's and that's what learning the game in the midst of playing looks like, right? It's it's having a knowledge of stacking good plays together so that you build confidence not only in the game but through those specific drives. Because mentally you can have a blow to the ego if you get a three and out. And You know, Steelers have suffered a couple of those. Defense also caused a bunch of those. But, you know, for him not to lose his wits about him, not to get down about previous drives, not letting bad plays leak into the next play.
0: This Um, is all part of learning. That was
2: what it looked like. Yes. all, All of it. All of it. Every experience is a new experience for a young guy.
3: Let me ask you this What was the first significant experience in your pro past? Okay. The first game, and I'll give you an example of mine, all right? we matter of fact, it was against the Miami Dolphins. I got benched like three times, all right, on national TV. It's like because I didn't understand how to handle in a 3-4 defense the Mike U games, whether it was man or zone, and I kept screwing it up, all right? Yeah. You know, and it's just one of those things which – I didn't understand going into the game not knowing that I better understand it because they were going to come after me. And once they hit it once, they hit it two more times and created all kinds of mayhem and – you know, it was a it was a situation that I learned from because the very next week we played the New Orleans Saints and as my offensive coordinator told me, they're gonna come after you until you shut that off. And sure enough, they ran it like three or four times in the first half alone, and they didn't even bother running it in the second half because I was able to stuff the play. But you know, that was a learning experience and you learn on the job. Unfortunately, the first time against the Dolphins, I learned in the in in was a big part of the loss. Okay. So that learning experience carried over and helped to carry in a win. How many times have we heard Mike Tomlin say, it's good to have a a lesson that doesn't cost you a victory.
2: Yeah. I mean, he says it all the time. Right. You're fighting for, right. With young guys. Yep. Establish consistency. And, you know, it takes time to develop that consistency. Um, and it, (sighs) So for me, mine where I had learning curve was actually my second game of my career okay. in. And, and that was and that was when the uh, Patriots were on their undefeated run, right, twenty two right. in a row. Um, and I just remember, you know, we've got the game kind of secured, so they're taking Marvell Smith out, they're putting me up against Willie Willie McGinnis, and. It did not go well, it did, it, you know, for the first couple of plays. Well, he's a worthy adversary, is he not? it Willie, Willie, New England, Willie, Willie McGinnis was an absolute dog. Yeah, and so I just remember going at it, and the very first play was a pressure by me uh, on Ben, and I was like, "Oh my God!" Hey, you know, he turned to me and says, "Welcome to the NFL, Rook." And I was like. <laughs> Well, you know what? Hey, shut it up. wasn't it wasn't very neighborly of you., <laughs> yeah, but 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 after that, you know it, you know I, I got myself together and realized, okay, all right, this is a grown man across from me, and i I gotta make sure that I'm getting in position, right. And he knows everything I'm gonna do before I even do it because i I've given away, I'm sure, all kinds of pre-snap tendencies, mm-hmm. um, especially at the left tackle position. And I, I just remember we finally reverted back to running and then that's where the success is, where the confidence came. But for a quarterback it's different. A quarterback's confidence is in the passing game, right? Right. That's where they have the the biggest effect on what an offense can do. And Kenny, Kenny like you said, Kenny was doing everything he was supposed to. He, he, was, he was killing it as far as recognition, but then being a rookie creep back then yeah being, get- being a guy that was that that was like i have to not stare down my receivers or else guys are going to come back on the route like von holland right? right i have to look some things off and then come back with they just trust the guy's going to be in that position and that's that's what's still a work in progress
3: and it's going to take some time when Kenny was announced as a starter. You knew right away, okay, this is going to be a, a, you know, it's going to be a mixed bag of, of, you know, good good and great successes with some, you know, big, uh, you know, not so good or great successes. I mean, that's that's the nature of the beast for every rookie. It just happens to be a quarterback. It's magnified because that's a focal and center point of all, you know, all things going on with the offense. So, you knew when he became the starter, you're gonna have this sort of mixed bag of, of things going on as you took you go three steps forward, maybe one step backward, two steps forward, maybe one step backward, three again, two. You don't know. You know what I mean? But I, I look at this growth process and the one more, let's see if we can play the Muth. We got that, Wes. <coughs> Fourth and six
1: time. at the thirty two. Pick it back. Steps up, fires a pass. It is caught! And that is Pat Friermuth in a tight window.
3: Oh, was that a tight window on a fourth and six. He steps up and he delivers to Friermuth there. And I here's the thing about it. Again, you know, he's, he's already been intercepted. It's the tension of the big game, and he's making plays. He's not afraid. You know, and I, I appreciate that. You got to have a gunslinger attitude. I always said one of the greatest strengths of Terry Bradshaw was that he could throw three interceptions in a game – not worry about it. Cause you come back in his mind. I'm going to come back next week and throw five TDs. You know what I mean? That's just the way Bradshaw was. He had that, that mental armor, just like, like uh, Ben Roethlisberger had that mental armor. And I think Kenny's got the same thing. I look for more of the same.
2: Yeah. I'm looking for more of the same in the good department, because like you said, it's a process still. And he's learning and as long as you're not making the same mistake twice versus the same covers, that's growth. Right. And I think he's working towards that. And like you said, the next field test is going to be a doozy. Um, going oh, yeah. to going to it Lincoln Financial Field, I believe is still the name of that stadium. It's <laughs> the not, it is no longer. It, yeah, it, it's, it's not the bet. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's going to be a test. But at least, and he also has it on film to see it. That's the other thing. Right. It's on film, he can now take a mental snapshot with everything just still for a moment on the video and look at, hey, maybe I should've done this. Hey, maybe I could've went here. And you start to piece that together as you build your knowledge playbook. Uh, Wolf, we're gonna step aside here, it's the top of the hour. Good point. And I'm not even gonna ask you what next hour is because <laughs> I already know that you know but you might not want to say that, you know, I know what it is, but when we come back in the locker room, more Steelers coverage, um, if you got to go aside or you got to switch out, obviously I can't use Alexa right now because I have a power outage, (laughs) but you can use Alexa. All you have to do is say, Hey, Alexa, play SNR radio on iHeart," and Alexa will do the rest. I promise you. If not, she's getting she's getting uh, thirty shock treatments, you know, with the electronics. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but no, we're gonna step aside and we'll be back with more here in the locker room on SNR and ESPN Radio.
0: hey guys back at the playground again huh yep you know what this playground could use a wine country heck yeah and some waves so we could go surfing oh yeah. ah,
3: love that a redwood forest would be cool i'm in <laughs> ah
0: ski slopes let's
3: do it um tenor a girl go shopping yeah, baby.
1: wait